What's going on, everybody? This is the End of the Flow podcast. I'm Joel Lamb, and I am joined by Joseph Keenan Mays. Kind of gave it away a little bit. His name is not just Keenan, it's Joseph Keenan Mays. How's it going, Keenan? Well, there's actually three names, Joseph William Keenan Mays. Oh, wow. I was <laughs> doing my research. So, well, that's okay. You got close enough. I just go by Keenan. Okay, cool. So your business name is Mays Window Cleaning, and you're out of Paducah, Kentucky, right? That's correct. Cool. So how long have you been cleaning windows, Keenan? Uh, about six years, I would say, a little more than that. Probably almost getting to seven. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Uh, how long have you owned your own business? Uh, this is probably, I think this is like my third year. Okay. actually we've had so much has gone on this past year it's just like things have kind of blurred for me just a little bit <laughs> yeah, i understand this is um this is our third year too so we're kind of like our businesses are kind of like growing together we're pacing things mm -hmm. about the same time so yeah and i go back quite a bit um we've known each other for a long time uh, how did you get into window cleaning Keenan? Well, I had, me and Shanna, my wife, have, we were married, I think it was like our third year of marriage or so, and I had worked for doing uh, flooring for a number of years for a, a guy I knew in my kingdom hall, and then uh, started doing something differently because it was starting to kind of wear down on me physically. Then I took the bright idea of going into doing uh, uh, mechanical repair at a machine shop. And while the pay was very good, it was also extremely tolling, like time-wise. You were on call 24-7. Right. But um, I did tech support <laughs> at an internet company after that. But then it was just not working out. And... Um, your dad actually called me up and offered me a job. And this was out of the blue. Like I was not like, I wasn't really searching for something, but it was just like, it came at just like the right time. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, I wouldn't mind doing it. Cause I remember how you, you guys talked about doing your work and everything. And uh, one of our friends, David had, he was one of my roommates that did window cleaning before me and Shannon got married, he was my roommate. And I thought, you know what? I need, I need to find something that, you know, I can stick with. I don't want to keep looking for a, it wasn't like I was looking for the perfect job, but it was just like, I want something that I would enjoy and would be sustainable for us. Right. So you weren't, um, you weren't married yet when you had started. Oh, no, I was married when we started window cleaning. Okay, so you were married. So yeah. um, so my dad reached out to you and offered you a job kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how did how did window cleaning, because um, it sounds like you've done quite a lot of other things besides cleaning glass, and a lot of people have, but it's kind of interesting for somebody like me, like I grew up around the industry and – you know, I have done other things, but like, I don't have a whole lot to compare it to. 
you know, I've only done a few other uh, trades or professions other than this. So how does, how does window cleaning compare uh, to some of the other trades that you've been in? Well, so, some people have the perception that, oh, I, that's an easy job. And it compared to other jobs that I've had, yes, it's much easier than being under a grapple trying to repair the, the treads on a grapple and the uh, repairing one, taking one tread off, it takes you about an hour because you're right. torching the pins off of it and trying to put a new motor on the tread. That's, it's a lot easier than that. But it's, I mean, it's still a physical, it can be a physically demanding job depending on your workload and what you're doing. Yeah. But as far as like other jobs, it's, to me, it's, it's so much more relaxing mm -hmm. for me, for me personally, it is. Yeah. I, it can definitely have its stresses. Um, sometimes we don't always have to deal with like customer relations, but sometimes we do. And it's, it's not always fun. Uh, have you ever had like a, like a customer, like a difficult one? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a, a house job that kind of became difficult because they, the way I was cleaning the windows, they had a previous uh, person service their windows and they wanted it done a certain way, like from ladder work. And I was doing it from a pole mm -hmm. and the, I guess the groundskeeper, he wasn't very happy about that. And at first we were talking, you know, we were kind of in agreement of how, how we were going to do it. But um, at first we were just like, well, I mean, if you don't want us to do the job, we don't have to. Right. Cause it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have upset us either way, but they were just, they, he finally just kind of chilled out and let us do the job. I, I try as much as possible to like my old boss used to tell me to over um, under promise and over perform, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I always try, I don't, I don't always get it right, but I do try like, especially if we do like water fed pole stuff, um, mm -hmm. I try to let the customer know that when we leave, most likely the glass will still be wet, but that's okay. You know? And yeah. so I, I tried to like, um, circumvent or mitigate potential complaints. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. always work. Uh, if you, if, if people know me, they know I'm sometimes a bit of a space case and I, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a lot of history together, so I'm sure you. You know what I'm talking about. I can be a little bit forgetful. <clears throat> yeah, um, you, you did have a record of of leaving clothes <laughs> at my apartment at times. Yeah, <laughs> we grew up and, and hung I out. remember you had. Yeah, you leave a hoodie or something like that. No, I, I think one one was there for like two months, and I finally was like, he came over one time to visit. I was like, get this out of here. <laughs> it's been here long enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd mentioned before that. Um, when I had first started, like I was a kid, you know, mm -hmm. and I've done a lot of growing up since then, but I, w I mentioned before, like sometimes we would go and like we would work for a few hours, but then we'd like break off and go to the skate park or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I finally had time to listen to that podcast interview you had and that was really interesting. I got to learn a lot more from you. I think it was probably David. We were going to the skate park. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so you work with uh, your wife, right? With Shanna? Yeah. Um, 
when we first started, she was working with me a lot more regularly, but she, she still does work with me when I have like a very busy week and it would make the load a lot lighter for me. And I'll still have her work with me occasionally. At first she was working with me pretty regularly, but now I've kind of, she likes to take care of things around the house a lot more. Mm -hmm. She enjoys doing those kind of things. And so I, we have a kind of an agreement where she kind of takes care of the things around the house and then I'll take care of certain she'll, she's, she's been starting to take more of like the documentation aspects of the business. Like she handles uh, the taxes, which I could not get my head, probably could not get my head around that for a little while unless somebody trained me on how to do that. Um, but then she also has been, I've been showing her how to do the invoices because I was doing a lot of that as well besides making my own schedule. Yeah, that's something that Lindsay and I do. Uh, my wife, uh, we kind of share responsibilities. So um, we, we trade off the different things. You know, so there's areas that I'm not really good at, like doing the taxes. Like she's really good at prioritizing tasks for mm -hmm. me. And then she's also really good at like um, uh, the data entry, following up with customers, estimates. Um, there's a whole bunch of really valuable things and we, we kind of like share responsibilities. And it seems like that's kind of the case with a lot of other businesses where it's a husband, wife ownership. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one is good, better in another area than the other and they kind of share roles. So is that, is that kind of how it is for you? Shanna's kind of better at like the office management. Yeah. And I think like this past week I had, I had so much work that I had to take care of and I had invoices that I had to send out and it was a pretty good list of invoices I had to send out. And um, I had shown her how to do it in the past. And I was just like, so like exhausted from work and taking care of some other things I had been projects I've been working on besides window cleaning. And I asked her if she could help me take care of it. And I got home from a pretty extensive work I had to do. And she had already taken care of every single invoice for wow. me. So that was just like a huge weight off my yeah. mind. Yeah. Having a, having a good teammate can be super effective and valuable. Absolutely. Um, so what do you guys use to do your invoices? Um, uh, we just, we use QuickBooks self-employed. Mm -hmm. It was just, I didn't have a good computer at the time. And so it, it could work off of our phone and our tablet. And it was easy to, it, it, the templates it makes for invoices was easy enough for me to set it up and send it off. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I had mentioned. I, I hear people talking about is, you know, like, having a system that uh, kind of automates or, or makes it easier to do that stuff, like following up with your customers, estimates, um, invoices, customer database. And then of course you're already using QuickBooks. So you've got, you've got something to enter in your expenses and get your taxes ready for the end of the year. So is that, mm -hmm. is that something that you would recommend to somebody that's kind of starting out as a program or a system like that? Yeah. And I mean, it's, in certain aspects, I mean, QuickBooks is not necessarily automatic. You have to type out the what's going to be inside the invoice for pricing and everything. I know like House Call Pro has a lot more automation, but I don't have I don't really have any experience with it. But 
I think for starting off, especially if you don't mind being hands-on with mm -hmm. some of the aspects with it, I think it's a pretty good starter program, at least for, for getting your getting your feet wet, so to speak. Right. Um, that kind of brings me to another thing is, so this is your, your third year in business, um, but you kind of started out a little bit differently. Um, you didn't, not all of your customers that you started out with were customers that you went, you know, and door knocked on or did flyers. You actually purchased um, like a client list. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I did. So what had happened, I, the company I had worked for, um, they had a lot more work than they could handle. It was just, it wasn't necessarily their fault. It's just, that was just how it worked. We just built up so much clientele and we didn't have enough employees to keep it all going. And so it was just so stressful that they just decided it would probably be best to try to cut it down like the clientele list. And so uh, Shanna and me were working for that company and we decided to uh, purchase some of our route, not all of the route that we were doing, but just some of it. And we added up, you know, how much we would be able to make off of it by ourselves and everything. I was like, this should be enough for us to handle taking care of our, you know, our expenses and to, to sustain, sustain ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of already had, uh, you, you already had were familiar with your customers. They knew you, you know, you mm -hmm. were there servicing them. So was it like it was it an easy transition to go from one service provider to now a new one? Was that how did that process go? So what we did is um, the company we worked for, we ended on good terms with them. And so what we did is, you know, we discussed with them how the transition would go. And so they actually wrote a letter for us and said, you know, we're sorry to see you guys go, but um, these two people have been servicing your windows already for maybe, depending on, I, they didn't really change it up too much, the the letter, because it was just easy something for me to hand to the customers to let them know what was going on, just so they would be informed. Uh, we, we just told them they, you know, we purchased our route from them, so now we're independent, but, you know, price is not going to adjust at all you know you're still going to get the same frequency of service as you were getting before that seems pretty easy um so you already were familiar with uh, the pricing with the customers and everything like that yes and so what happened was um when we had offered to purchase some of our route what we we had discussed with the company what we wanted and so we kind of went back and forth of what they were okay with selling us and what they didn't want to sell. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, came up with a list and then, uh, I'm sorry, came up with a list and then we discussed with them how much we were going to purchase it for, but then also to the, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm losing my foot point. Oh, no, that's okay. So has your, but, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, you know, you, you've, it sounds like you basically, you guys, um, you didn't want to bite off more than what you could chew was what it sounds like. So you didn't even, yeah. all of the route that you were, you were doing. 
and it was I, I'm assuming it's mostly like commercial route right not residential yeah yeah it, my 90 percent of my work is commercial oh. I do I, I have some residential but they some of them get done every six months I've had some get done every four months and some they, they'll just call me when they're they want me to come and it they may have me come twice a year or maybe three times. Hmm. So that's interesting. You know, a lot of people in an industry, um, it's like 50, 50, you know, it's interesting to hear somebody who's 90% commercial. Um, so that must keep you, is that keeping you busy year round through the week? Yes, it does. Um, that that's one thing I do like about it is like, I understand like residential, you obviously can make a lot more money, but sometimes high ticket jobs or something like that. Right. And the, the, the bad thing about it is that you may only do that job once a year. Right. Versus a commercial job can be done once a month, every two weeks or every, you know, three months. It, it just depends on whatever the customer wants. And so it, it keeps me steady throughout the year. Yeah. And I'm pretty familiar with the area where you guys live. Like your route, it's not, it's not like you guys drive like an hour to get to your, your route, right? Like it's pretty. No. What's actually really nice is I don't live very far from my route. Like it's a two mile, like to go from my house to uh, downtown is two miles. Mm -hmm. But even before I get two to two miles, not even that far, I've already got, probably like 12 jobs, five or in between like six to 12 jobs I can do right there before I get to the edge of Paducah oh, or wow. to the edge of uh, downtown. That's great. That's super good. Um, kind of where we live, the, the town that we live in, we do some commercial route work, but we're so, it, it's such a small town. We can't really live off that. And our market is a little bit oversaturated with window cleaners that are doing the commercial route anyway. So um, we do a lot of traveling. So when we, when we, it'd be hard for us to make it like that, but I could see how that would be extremely convenient. I'm sure your like your mileage on your vehicles, very low for work, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right now. I, yeah, my work vehicle is, I share with my wife right now until we're able to that was actually our goal this year was to get a work vehicle, but because of COVID that kind of shelved it for this year. And so we're just going to wait till hopefully next year, which we haven't really, our work wasn't severely impacted during COVID. Like we did stop working for about two months. Oh, wow. Or a, either about a month and a half to about two months mm -hmm. just to, because a lot of places were shut down. I literally, I, th I think I could count on my hands the amount of jobs that I could do. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it wasn't worth it. And mm -hmm. so I sent emails out to my clients and said, look, that since this stuff is raging right now, it's, it's best if we just try to do our part in flattening the curve at the time right. to, <laughs> to not, and you know we're we're out constantly around businesses, right. and so we did. You know that could put kind of a risk if you're not careful, and so that's why we decided to just kind of take a break. And you know we did 
we did file for unemployment, which thankfully we were able to, it helped us through it. Yeah. Did you, um, did you get any of the grants or PPP or anything like that? We actually didn't pursue that. <laughs> yeah. We, um, like I had, we had done the, uh, unemployment for a couple weeks mm -hmm. and then as as we finally were able to get it, because it did take us some time in Kentucky to get it, because they were just so bombarded with people filing for it. Um, once we started getting it, um, things were starting to slowly back open back up. And I kind of tested one week. I said, let me try and see how many jobs are open. I said, if there's any places that are going to be comfortable with us coming back, mm -hmm. then we'll I'll just start trying to get back to work mm -hmm. and within about a week and a half or like two weeks I was basically able to get back almost to all my jobs wow there were still a few that were like uh let's hold off for just a little bit longer but you know that didn't bother me at all it's just given with everything going on I could totally understand kind of wanting to pause for a little bit so it's I mean it sounds like in the in the beginning it was a pretty big hit to your business you know, it's mostly commercial. A lot of, you know, I remember a lot of restaurants and places where people would gather here in Kentucky, they totally just closed it down. So mm -hmm. I, I'm sure that was a large hit, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of other businesses out there who they're saying that this year is like a record breaking year for their sales. Um, and maybe that's because they've pivoted. Maybe they've marketed in a different way. Um, for you guys, how has this year kind of affected your business as far as like, you know, are you guys like on track? Are you behind or have you pivoted? Like what, what what's the story? We haven't necessarily pivoted. In fact, I think I have actually had a few jobs. Like they're not coming back. Like the, the some, I've had some businesses that are, they're shut down. They're not coming back. Mm -hmm. But even despite that, I like in just this past week, I picked up, uh, three jobs. Oh, wow. And I, I've, I've had the mentality, like, just to try not to go crazy on, you know, there may be things I want to do with my business to purchase or, you know, yeah. new equipment and things like that. But it's just like, just hold off for now because yeah. we don't know how things may go in the future, but just trying to, uh, keep sensible about how much growth we're doing. I mean, personally, I think our, our year is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I haven't really looked at from where we shut down to where we are right now, but I think we're still doing pretty, we're staying steady. Mm -hmm. well, that's good. Have you guys um, transitioned to doing more residential since some of the commercial dropped off? Not really? No, we're, we're still doing commercial. I mean, I, I have picked up a few more residential jobs, mm -hmm. but they're, they're the ones that are like, uh, I'll call you like when the season changes, like every six, three to six months, three or four, six months. So you just picked up some more commercial jobs uh, and that's 90% of your work. So it kind of got me curious. Do you have any kind of like tips or tricks on how to get commercial work? What do you guys do? So what I do is I'm always like, when I'm going on my route, I will always keep my eyes open for any potential job, uh, buildings that are getting uh, 
you can clearly see that people are, are trying to open a business mm -hmm. and you know, if it's extremely early in the process, I mean, you can leave a business card. Like I, I had one business that they are, it was an old furniture store, but now it's being turned into like a family fun center. And it, it, I actually got to talk to the owners that were there, but it's still very early in the process. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to go to a place that's literally just got its, uh, the, the rafters being put up. It's not even like finished on the inside. That's just a waste of time. Don't forget about you by the time it's, it's ready. To be. <laughs> exactly. Or they're, they're not even going to be there yet. The people you really need to see, yeah. but sometimes you can, it's, it's usually just you keep your eyes peeled for businesses that are clearly being made and being built. And if you see, if you kind of take a look there and kind of look inside and see if they're getting pretty close to opening, Mm -hmm. or, you know, there, there's clearly going to be furniture getting put in here soon. Mm -hmm. That's a good time to, if you've got business cards to leave your information to them and just say, Hey, I'm a local window cleaner. I service, you know, some of the area and mm -hmm. I'd like to leave a car with you. If you guys are interested, you know, give me a call or, you know, if you'd like an estimate, give me a call. I would love to come by and give you an estimate. Right. Basically, you're always like looking for opportunities. Yes. You got your finger on the pulse. Your business is a stone's throw away from you. If anything new comes in, you're going to be the first one to know about it. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's not like I am like glued 24 seven, constantly like patrolling around everywhere. It's just whenever I'm on my route, I can see like, Oh, there's a new place opening up. Let me, I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled. If, you know, if it's still going to be a while before I can get to it. But then, you know, when you have an opening, just pull in, talk, see if you can talk to somebody who owns the place or is going to be the one who takes care of the business and you leave a card with them and, you know, maybe try to establish a connection in some way. Sounds good. So I was going to ask about um, things that you've learned you know, maybe some lessons you've learned the hard way. Has there been any like, is it sometimes it's more interesting to hear about the failures and it is about the successes Because a lot of times there's more to be learned in the failures. So since you guys, I know you have a whole lot of, you know, history in the industry, um, working it before you were owners, but kind of within that time period, is there like a, you know, a failure that taught you a lot or taught you a lesson that, you know, you use today? Well, one of the bigger ones for me is knowing two things actually is one is actually uh, knowing my limits of what I can do right. because I don't have, like, I'm just still at the ground level, so to speak with how much tools I have, you know, what, like, I can't go up like three stories. I'm just not able to, I have a pole that can reach, but even then my pole reach can only do so much. Sometimes some windows, you really do need to be up close and personal to it. Mm -hmm. And I simply just don't have the materials to do it. At least not for net for at this moment. Uh, the second thing is making sure to look at the job as thoroughly as possible because I've had uh, there's been a few times where I made the mistake of assuming that I knew what kind of windows these were mm -hmm. 
and I got to a house job one time and I gave her a price and everything. And it, you know, I thought it was a good price and everything. I get inside and there are Pella windows and I didn't factor the Pella windows into the price. Yeah. So I, I decided that's my fault. So I'm going to eat it. Okay. So, and you know, that, that happens occasionally you'll, you, you might have a job once or twice where you didn't bid it what it should have been, but you know, you can, if it's so severe, you may talk to the customer. I've not had anything that severe happen, but you know, you, sometimes you got to take it on the chin mm-hmm. when, it, when that happens and just learn to inspect the job thoroughly to, you know, of your, where, you know, you know what you're getting into. Right. Yeah, we uh, we actually just got out of a situation with a new construction, and it was something that required uh, a boom lift. And mm-hmm. I I went there and I actually inspected the windows, but they were so dirty that uh, I couldn't really tell if there was like silicone or sticker residue if it was really bad. And the the contractor had assured me that they were not that bad. And so <laughs> I have no idea why I believed him, but I, <laughs> and uh, we went in there and we started working and it just, it one day turned into basically three days and uh, exp- expensive lift that I only had bid into the price for one day. I had to get two days. And I mean, after that, it's just like, you know, large, I mean, bit, really any new construction now. Like I, I'm really gonna have to like dot my eyes and cross my T's because that was, that was that burned. <laughs> yeah, and especially for ones who are just starting, and if they get involved in new construction, always try to add extra as a charge for new construction, especially mm-hmm. if the windows are in bad shape. Yeah, like a buffer because we we try yeah. to like. Um, you know, we try to get like a billable hour, you know, but like we, we also on jobs like that, where there's a whole lot of unknowns, we add in like a, to the price, like a buffer time, you know, like, mm. you know, unfortunately on that last job, I did not add near enough a buffer time. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> add two extra days worth, but yeah. that's something that we try to do too, is, is just add, um, you know, for the, the what ifs, the unknown. And especially when you know, going into a situation like, uh, we actually just had another situation where it was uh, old storm windows and um, uh, French panes behind them. And Oof. the customer had assured me all the windows opened. <laughs> and I, I had my doubts. So I, I walked over and I opened one of the windows. I was like, okay, all 30 of these will open. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I ended up having to unscrew the windows and take them off. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a I had a house job that was like that. It had storm windows and French panes, and this was like the old. Um, these windows were so old they had like the drawstring for raising them up. Yep. And when I bid it, I didn't realize some of these windows were painted shut. So there was no way for me to open them up and so actually it worked out good for the customer because i actually told them i said look i can't there's no way for me to open these at all so 
Uh, but they were understanding and I ended up actually reducing some of the price off for the residents just to make up for not being able to open these windows. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I've done that too, where it, like, especially if it's like a dangerous situation, like if there's like mm -hmm. a power line or something like that. Um, I've actually uh, a few times have reached out and called um, like the utility company, the provider and mm -hmm. uh, let them know that I want to do a particular job, but there's a low power line and they yeah. offered to depower the lines and they've also offered to come and cover and blanket the lines. Um, I didn't know that you could actually do that, but, uh, you know, they're, they're looking out for your safety too. They don't want to see anybody get hurt, but oh, sure. on the occasion where um, they were not able to do anything like that, or there was no other way to get to a window, or it was just dangerous. Um, I've just, or maybe I even overlooked something that I have done that where I will just tell a customer, Hey, look, um, we can just like take that off the price or whatever. And nine times out of 10, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to push you to do something, you know, dangerous, you know, don't kill you. You know, if you're charging, let's say it's like a residence and you're charging like, you know, let's say you're charging 20 bucks a window, right? Mm -hmm. your, your life's not worth 20 bucks. <laughs> you know, just like, no, 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 no. It just ain't worth it. No. And I've had, I, I know I've had one job that got real close to where it's like, I can't reach this window. It's too dangerous. And so I can't, and I, you know, talked to the customer and told them it's like, there was no way for me to do this safely. And they're just like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. Usually so. they don't even care. Yeah. You're just fine. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of fun. Um, Let's talk about um, kind of like work-life balance. So you, you work with your wife. Um, you guys uh, must spend a lot of time together in and outside of the business. How do you, how do you kind of manage that where you're making sure that you're giving your family um, the time that it needs, but also not neglecting the business that is helping support the family? How do you do that? How do you manage that personally? Well, one of the things that we have been doing is I, I just try to make sure that with my work is not, I'm not trying to grow a gigantic business. That's the mentality I've, I've always kept with it is like, it's, it's, I have nothing against anybody that wants to grow a business and, you know, start having employees and all this stuff. That's, I have nothing against that. That's not me. <laughs> so what we do is we just try to balance how much work, like I have it worked out to where for the most part, I'm working between two to three days a week. And given our, what our budget is, how much, uh, you know, what we spend and everything, we would keep it all in check and that keeps us balanced. Wow. And so I try to always make sure to not, add more work than I can handle. Right. And so, and that's something we just, me and her always discuss is like, don't take on more and more jobs because then we'll wind up in a position just like where we're just too stressed out. We have no time for anything else. So how do you, how do you do that? You know, most people don't, most people work like five days a week. 
you know, and they, they're able to make ends meet like doing full time. How do you guys make, make it work working only two to three days a week? Do you guys just do your best to like make your job super profitable? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as I have, so one thing I have uh, started testing is that, you know, when I purchased my route, I have not adjusted any of the prices on any of the clientele, unless they've moved to a new spot. Right. Then I will, depending on how much has changed. But as I've added more clientele, my time is getting more limited. So my time comes at a price now. Right. Or, you know, a, a, a little more higher price. And so I've started to charge a little bit more. Not right. like an excessive amount, but just a little bit more because it's, it's going to make it worth my while to do the job. Right. So you're not, um, you know, your worth, basically. People talk about that yes. all the time. And, you know, one of the things that I think about sometimes is like, uh, and I've, I've, had, I've had a struggle with taking on too much. Like I, if it was up to me and, and I didn't have my wife or other other people with more experience than me telling me you can't do it all. I'd probably be trying to juggle like a, a bunch of different accounts yeah. at the same time and just had to let it drop. So, you know, if you're going to let something go, you know, that's going to give you potential income, you know, kind of the other jobs that you do have should make it worth your while enough to where you could let go of something and it's okay because when it comes down to it, your time is finite. There's only so much of yourself that you can give. Yes. And that, and that's something I just keep in mind is just like, you know, our, our time in this world is so limited mm-hmm. and you it, while it's great, like I said, some people, they get a, a huge amount of satisfaction from growing the business and maintaining it and everything. And that, like I said, that I have nothing against that, but it's just, my mentality is there are other things I want to enjoy in life. And so while I do enjoy my job of window cleaning, it's been, it's the best job I've had. And I, honestly, in my years of working, cause I've also things I didn't say before is I also, before I met my wife and everything, before I moved out on my own into an apartment, actually, or I had a roommate and everything, uh, I worked retail mm. and that was difficult to deal with. And, you know, window cleaning has ne- not necessarily retail aspect, but just, you deal with the public. Right. And so, you know, that is kind of nice that I have that experience of dealing with the public, but at the same time, if I could go back, I would have started doing this like immediately out of high school. So that's something I was going to ask you later is like, if you could do like, do this all over again, you know, what's one thing you would change? So would that be the thing you would change? Yes. Uh, I went, I was actually trying to go to technical school, like technical college. Right. And I actually did go for like two semesters. It was a uh, school that was privately owned. And when the owner passed away, uh, it was sold to a company. Uh, I think it was Damar College. I don't even think Damar College exists as a company. Uh, And I think it does. It, it probably does. I, I don't know. I, I haven't kept track of it, but let me put it this way. The college that, that was there just exist anymore. Yeah. 
But when I was there in the middle of my semester, they fired several teachers in the middle of semester and really ruined, you know, most of our education <laughs> at substitutes and even the books, they told us, you know, not everything is a hundred percent in the book and the substitutes would just tell us to do stuff from the book. It's like, what am I doing here? Right. And so I had to pay that off. What I, I quit go, I quit the college, but mm -hmm. I still had, I owed and I had to pay for it. But in, like I said, in hindsight, I would have never have went. And had I known what I could do with this line of work, mm -hmm. you know, I could not have to work five days a week. I'm not having to work holidays or, you know, ho the holiday hours or, you know, like in retail, I, I would have done this a long time ago. I would have done this, like I said, straight out of high school. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people, um, really successful people in this industry that have gone the route of a, of a large company have done it all without um, college education. Mm -hmm. And they're really, really smart, intelligent people. Um, it's just, it's not, I, I've come to realize um, that I can take pride in, in, in being a tradesman and developing my craft. And it's something that provides for my family, you know, like, so it is, it is nice um, to hear your perspective too, that, um, you know, you don't have to go to college in order to, you know, be happy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, they, when I was in high school, I mean, this was before the 2008 financial crisis, because I graduated in 2004. <clears throat> and, you know, you'd have the college people come in and tell you that, oh, if you don't go to college, you're going to struggle for the rest of your life. And it's just like, you know, right out of high school. And then, you know, around 2008, the economy plummets. And everybody, even people who I knew went to college, are struggling to pay off this degree. So it's like, you know, life is a struggle. You're just because you have a a paper that you are going to be paying for the next twenty, maybe sometimes thirty years. Yeah, sometimes that doesn't mean that you're going to have an easy life. And and I'm not knocking people that are interested in in getting more education. I just oh no 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 I I would not. I, I'm not either. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I just mean as, you know, as a way to, as a means to an end to support your family, I, I do really enjoy this trade and it's, it's something that, you know, one of the only things I know how to do, <laughs> but it's something I, I really enjoy. Um, so we're, we're kind of getting close on our time here a little bit, but I want to ask you a couple of things. What are, what are some ways that you like to, unwind and relax and I know a couple of them because we've known each other for a while what's that well one of them for sure is I, I love doing video games and I've really since I've had I've been able to upgrade my computer recently I've gotten really into PC gaming and kind of getting into that more mm -hmm. but um, I also like to read but I also have started learning how to uh, ride a longboard or a skateboard and that's that's been really enjoyable to do that. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, I remember uh, early on when you and I first met, and became friends. We kind of bonded over like nerdy stuff, like yeah, uh, retro video games and comic books, different things like that. Yeah, I had a. I remember I had a flip phone, and we were uh, on a remodeling project together, and I left it sitting somewhere because I didn't want it in my pocket while I was you know cutting tile and everything. 
and it was David that picked up my phone and I had a picture for, I had um it was the Civil War Marvel comic uh run right. or like the event run and I had a picture of Wolverine yeah. and because I snapped a picture of that cover and <laughs> David brings me my phone I was like oh thanks he's like oh so you read comics and that's how I started kind of getting in touch with you guys <laughs> well um thanks for spending some time with us Keenan um i'm really glad that you didn't tell any embarrassing stories about me and uh we're all oh, we could do we could we nope. could spend time doing that we're all we're almost wrapped up here but like like the time you uh nope. you drank all jones soda that i got the I, I, pack, I, I came home i had just got it and he went through like 10 bottles <laughs> okay sounds <laughs> <laughs> like me raiding the refrigerator now, now, to be fair, you and David probably both were drinking that many, so it's okay. The Jones soda? <laughs> yeah. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with this. You're like, the time you drank and then it froze. I was like, oh, what is happening here? <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, Keenan, uh, on the End of the Flow podcast. I really appreciate getting to know you and talk with you and learn a little bit about your business. Um, I hope you guys have a great weekend and I hope that you. your business continues to do well. Thank you. All right. This is Joel with the end of the flow podcast signing out.